Welcome to Freedom Fellowship. You can follow us online at cometofreedom.com. My dad loves preaching verse by verse studies of the Word of God giving its full counsel. His studies pay particular attention to the practical application, contemporary examples, and incorporates the Word into our daily lives. Enjoy today's sermon and make sure to subscribe right now so you don't miss any future teachings. So it is Easter morning. And I think on Easter morning 2,000 years ago, this was Satan. (laughs) He tried his best, but nothing could (coughs) keep Jesus down. And it's because of his love. Do you guys know that? So this morning I want to consider with you the weekend that saved the world. And I would encourage you, if you missed Friday night, we looked at the old rugged cross together. And this uh, hymn has become one of my favorites because it reminds me of the love of God because he did demonstrate according to Romans 5.8, his love towards us while we were yet sinners. What did Christ do? He died for us. So if you ever question the love of God, look to the cross. Remember what he has done for you. So after three days in a dark hole, I picture Jesus stepping into Easter morning with a warm smile and a heart filled with perfect unstoppable love. Love is God's selfless gift of himself to you this morning in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news is a story of love, hope, and power that kept a brutal sacrifice from being the end. And truly, guys, it is just the beginning. So, Father, we do want to ask of you this morning, what a great subject we have before us here today, resurrection love. We know it was love. It wasn't nails that held you to the cross. It was your love. You so loved this world that you gave your only begotten son. God, it was love that kept you in that tomb on Saturday, and it was love that busted out on Sunday morning. What a weekend to prove your love. What a weekend that was to save this world. So what is love? I'm glad you guys asked. I think there's a lot of definitions of love today. I don't think they all can be true. A lot of them contradict each other. But what does God say about love? What is love? We could say that it is his life, what Jesus did, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We could say that is love. It's a love not based upon your performance. It's not a love that's oriented, or it is oriented to others, not self. We're into self-love big time. But God tells us, deny yourself, die to yourself. 
love me, love others. So his love is oriented towards others. And it is a love for today. So let's consider it's a love that's not based on a performance for a moment. A voice from heaven at Jesus' baptism. You guys know the story. You know the scriptures. You're familiar with the scene. And it happened before his ministry started, didn't it? He got a trophy before he ever even showed up for practice, guys. God doesn't validate us based upon performance, but on a relationship. And God didn't validate what Jesus would do, but who he was in relationship to the Father. So Jesus did not perform his ministry for acceptance, and we must learn how to receive the validation of God each day. Or we will need from people what they are not capable of giving us. How are they going to accept you unconditionally when oftentimes they don't even like themselves? By validation, each day, by hearing the Father say, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. One Bible put it this way, this is my son chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. Isn't that cool? I mentioned it's also a love oriented towards someone The biblical word love, agape, you guys are familiar with this word, that's God's love, okay, is something that reflects its orientation towards someone. In other words, guys, it's not a self-love, it's a love towards another. Orientation, from orient, right, rising or east is what it means, Oriented means it's showing a direction in which something is aimed, okay? When you're hiking, you want to orient yourself and you need a compass to help you do so. Which direction do I need to go toward? Agape love is always oriented towards another. I want to picture, have you guys picture with me, Jesus washing feet. Wow. Wow. The creator of all things (laughs) stooped down to wash the feet of his creation, his disciples, those who he loves. You want to talk about salt and light? Isn't that a picture of what God is all about? Isn't that a picture of his love? Humbling yourself, giving yourself to another. You see, what I don't know is if this person I'm loving, this person I'm serving, maybe I'm washing their feet, I don't know where they are in relationship to Jesus. I don't need to know where they are in relationship to Jesus. 
What I do know is that Jesus so loves them that they have a worth, a worth that I can get on my hands and knees and wash another's feet because that's God love. That is a sacrificial, unconditional love. And he told us, not just love me. I mean, the greatest commandment, you love the Lord your God. Love him well. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But the second commandment, second greatest commandment, is just like the first. You go love others too. Wow, God. That's pretty radical. That's going to take a little humility. That means it's not a love that's to be reciprocated. Because that's not the type of love that you're talking about. Oh, isn't it easy, guys, to love people that are easy to love and lovable? How about loving people that don't love you back? How about loving people who just keep taking and are selfish? Is it okay not to love them? No, God calls us to love. So God doesn't validate based upon performance but upon relationship. So do you have a relationship with the Father? And I will tell you this this morning, that's the only thing that matters in this life. The only thing. Are you a friend or are you family? If you're not part of his family, you need to become a part of his family today. It's the only thing that matters in this life. God has done everything so your sin could be forgiven. He paid the price. He finished the work. And he offers this beautiful gift, this grace of God in which we're saved by. And anyone can receive that gift by faith. Anyone. And that's how you become a child of God. Read the Bible. He wants to adopt as many kids as he can. And if you're willing to say, I see your love, God. This unconditional, sacrificial love for me. And I want to love you back. I want to be a part of your family. You say yes to him. You believe the gospel. And here's the thing, guys. It's a love for today. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 1 together. It's towards the end of the Bible. Some people get a little tripped out about the book of Revelation, a little confused. I personally think it's one of the most straightforward, easy books to read in the Bible. You're a student of the Bible. It's very clear. We can take it literally. It's the only book in the Bible where it promises a blessing for anyone who hears it or reads it. So why wouldn't we want to spend a little time there? And I think this morning, what a place to look for a moment together. I want to look at verse 4 and 5 together in chapter 1. And listen carefully. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. From the sevenfold spirit before the throne and from Jesus Christ, 
He is the faithful witness to these things. The first to rise from the dead. So this is referring to the historic resurrection, guys. And the ruler of all the kings of the world. You guys know Jesus is the king of kings. That means he is over all. All glory to him, we're told. Who what? Loves us. All glory to God who loves us and has freed us from our sins by the shedding of his blood for us. You guys see the love of God here? Okay. There's a blessing in reading Revelation. Yeah, let's start off this letter by letting y'all know. Jesus, yeah, he's God. He loves you. Pretty cool. Well, I thought that book was all about judgment and torment and wrath. No, you need to read that book with your eyes wide open. It's all about the love and the grace of God. And the reason why there is judgment is because man is in rebellion to God. They are in their sin. And man will be judged. We all will stand before our creator someday. And if you're in Christ, you are his child. And you are loved as such. And if you are not his kid, yeah, God loves you. But he is a just judge. You do not have relationship with him. You've rejected him. You've rejected his sacrifice. You are still in your sin and you're unforgiven. It's one or the other. And that's when I say the only thing that matters is are you in relationship with God or not? John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that you know him, speaking of Jesus, and God the Father. You know him. Do you know him? That only happens by faith alone in Christ. We can do nothing. If we could, Jesus died in vain. There was no reason for the cross. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so, guys. Read the word. <laughs> so, think about this type of love, guys. It's really an ocean of love. Okay? You guys ever get to the West Coast, East Coast, and just stand there in awe like, wow. Huge. Okay? The love of God. <laughs> Huge. That's how he loves us. It's a perpetual present love. Yes, God's love was for us before the world was made. A love that caused Christ to empty himself and become obedient to death, even that of the cross. And yes, there will be love towards us in the future. Okay, That makes me think of the end of Revelation. Let's go there real quick. Jump over to chapter 19. Right towards the end of the Bible. Guys, think of the bridegroom, right, towards us, his bride. What does it tell us here? We're going to pick it up in verse 6 of Revelation 19. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude as a sound of many waters, okay? You guys ever hear rushing waters? Ever been in Niagara Falls, okay? This is powerful. This is something that you can't escape. This is God speaking, okay? Heard the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thundering saying, Alleluia! For the Lord God omnipotent is, he reigns, and catch verse 7, 
let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready guys that's the bride of christ who's the bride of christ that is the church who is the church it's not a bunch of denominations that are the church guys there's one church according to the bible and that church is anyone who knows god that has relationship with him because they have believed the word of God. They've believed the gospel. So we're told here in verse 8, And to her it was granted to arrayed fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen uh, is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell, as it were, or I fell to worship him. But he said, hey, see that you don't do that. I'm just a fellow servant, okay? And your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. And he says what? You worship God, okay? You worship him. It's his love. It's all about him and what he has done. And it tells us for the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. And that's the thing that's beautiful, guys. God having to become a man, humble himself in such a way to live a life you and I couldn't live, to be a sacrifice we couldn't be because we're blemished, to be a perfect sacrifice, to die upon a cross, and then to overcome our sin and hell, rising from the dead. He knew that was going to happen even before he created the world and created us he knew he would have to go through all of this what a love and how do we know that it was all prophesied god knew what was going to come down the pipe and this here the marriage supper of the lamb god sees that we who are his kids we're going to partake in that the church is going to be with the bridegroom and what a day that's going to be i don't know i like food Think about how cool heavenly food's going to be. But you know what makes food really good? It's the company you're with. You know what I'm talking about? Is it sweet fellowship? Are we loving each other, caring for each other? That makes a good meal. And just think, guys, all our brothers and sisters together with our heavenly father, it's going to be cool, isn't it? So a little sidetrack there. Let's get back to love for today, okay? This love that we're talking about, it is for today. And I'm going to conclude on this thought because I think for many of us as believers, we struggle a little bit with this truth. You see, if we stop for a minute, okay, it's easy to believe that, hey, God loved me in the past, right? Because I remember his life. I remember what Jesus did, what he taught. And I remember what he did on the cross for me. And it's easy to believe that God's going to love me in the future. He's going to make me an awesome meal here at the marriage supper of the Lamb now, <laughs> you know. But that's yet future. What I want to know is, does he love me now? Right now, me, for who I really am. Not for what I do for him or I might do for him in the future, but right now with all my flaws and all my dysfunctions, my, 
mistakes and my impurities and my brokenness. Does he love me now the way I am now? It's not this was love or it will be love, but this is love. That is what the Bible tells us. So I find it harder for me to trust him with the now love because, guys, I compare it to my love. And do you guys know that our love's flawed? I love others in the past that I don't love today. That's me. I'm being vulnerable and real. There's been some very real hurts where people I loved, cared for deeply, I'd just rather not see them, and I know that's wrong. And I carry my understanding of love into my relationship with my Heavenly Father and how He loves me. And that's why I need this study. That's why I need Easter. That's why I need to understand and renew my mind with what God thinks because my thinking gets messed up. But I know this is truth. And I know his word is truth. It will sanctify us, guys. It will renew our minds. And what does truth do? It sets us free. And it will set us free to be loved the way God wants us to be loved. So if you have that tendency because you struggle like I do with flawed love at times, that you have a tendency maybe to want to keep God's love at an arm's length because this is what I know. Your love doesn't quite make sense. I, I read it, but it's so beyond what my little three-pound brain can handle. <laughs> Understand. This is where faith is so important, guys. Do we believe what he says? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then there's the, I might promise to love in the future. Let's wait and see. We fall into that too sometimes, don't we? I believe, guys, that his now love when I'm satisfied and gratified or while I'm enjoying physical health or when it's finally sunny outside, <laughs> when I'm having a happy day, oh, then I guess I can feel the love of, of God. But it's a little more difficult, guys, when the skies are gray and all I see in me is a, a tangled jungle of trouble, difficulties, and suffering. Has the love of God changed at all? In No. Not at all. But what we're talking about is an unchanging love. It's the love of Christ, right? And his love is constant. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> that means his promises are the same. His love is the same. Yes, future, past, and right now, today, right now. You guys know Romans 8 is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Around verse 35, 
Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? That's essentially the question he was asking. He says, there's no way. No way. Not trouble or hard times, not hatred or hunger or homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins that are listed throughout the Bible. None of these things, none of this phases Jesus. Okay? None of it. He loves us, period. Isn't that cool to think about? It's not conditional. He just loves us. And some of you need to receive that truth today. Religion has really messed up a lot of people. Every religion in the world except for biblical Christianity teaches you have to do something right for God to love you rightly. That is a false gospel. There is good news. God just loves you. Will you receive that love by faith or not? That's pretty cool. Good news to be shared. So it's one thing to believe God loves you. Another thing to actually feel it. It's one thing to believe he's present with you. It's another to actually experience his presence. How many of you guys remember the day where you experienced the love of God? Not just theologically, mentally, but the love of God, as Romans tells us, was shed abroad into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Do you remember that day where you experienced his spirit and his love and just flooded you? You can't deny it. And that is what the world longs for. That's what we've been created for. And only God can supply that type of love. What good news we have today, this Easter Sunday. What good news we get to live in and share with this world that is desperately looking for love, true love. Because we have twisted love. We've made it so selfish and self-centered. But man, if we would just do what God's asked us to do, I'm going to love you, you love me, love others. What a world this would be. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that your love conquered death, that your love forgives sins. Your love makes all things new. Your love loves to give love. Thank you have the worship team come back up at this time but I have one last thought to share with you guys and if you look up here with me this is from John chapter 15 maybe this morning this is the first time that you're hearing some good news (laughs) gospel truth maybe this sacrifice of God's son Jesus dying upon a cross and coming back to life after he was buried, put in the grave. If this is new and it's not making sense, but there's something resonating saying, you know what? 
this love of God, that he really loves me, if you're sensing that, yeah, this is true, I would encourage you, grab a Bible. I'll get you a Bible. If you don't have one, just come up and say, hey, I need a Bible. But I encourage you to read the Gospel of John for yourself. Just slowly read through St. John and all that he had to say concerning who Jesus was. Because he proved that love, guys. And we are to believe what Jesus has said, what God has spoken to this world. Because he does love us. And I want to look here with you guys. John 15, 9 says, I have loved you. Okay, this is Jesus speaking. If you open your Bibles, it will be in red. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. What? You guys ever do that when you read the Bible? You get to that verse, you're like, what? Really? Like, Jesus is altogether lovable, right? Like, I read the scriptures. I read the accounts of his life. Of course you're going to love Jesus. Of course the Father's going to love Jesus. Did you guys catch what it says? I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Their relationship. How the Father loves the Son. That is how he loves us, guys. And then he says, remain in my love. As this isn't just a sermon for a Easter. It isn't just a good reminder of what the Bible says. This is the truth in which we are called to live in every day of our lives. So the resurrection of Jesus, it is not just a historical fact. It is also a lifestyle. He didn't overcome death on our behalf so that we can go to heaven. But instead, he overcame death on her behalf so that we might live a new, vibrant, abundant, radical, revolutionary resurrection life today. And that happens by abiding in him, being loved by him, loving him back. And even those people that are hard to love, guess what? When we're in that type of relationship with him and loving and being loved in such a way, I promise you there's going to be a beautiful overflow in your life. You're even going to love those people that are hard to love. Isn't our God good? He is. Let's stand and we'll close in worship. He is risen. Amen. May you all walk in the newness of life in Christ. All who are in him are a new creation. Old things have passed away, guys. And we got to reckon ourselves dead to sin and really do the math. (laughs) Christ has given us new life. Let's walk in it. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Service 930 next week. Hope to see you here. Have a great Easter. Thanks for listening in today to Freedom Fellowship. We hope you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. If so, would you please take a minute, like us, subscribe, and leave a review. This is a free way we can reach others with his word. You can watch video teachings of sermons on our website, cometofreedom.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.